0: Today, I'm continuing the discussion with Laura Simmons, CEO and founder of Theratrack, as well as Leanne Healy, director of Everyday Independence. Last week, we got to know both Laura and Leanne's backgrounds and how that's informed their views on cultural and clinical development, on health tech and systems, and leadership in healthcare. In today's part two, we pick up the discussion with both Leanne and Laura covering topics about the big picture, collective purpose, making sense of that at a team level, and its impact on driving systemic change with health tech. The key themes are big picture and collective purpose, sense-making and supervision in healthcare as the real drivers for overcoming resistance to change and synthesising those themes with cultural change to unlock the power of systems and health tech. Let's jump in. Um, There's a tremendous amount of opportunity in unlocking the potential of uh, digital health. Uh, but if we uh, don't embrace it, uh, then we're not going to get the benefit out of it. So um, uh, leaders can sit there and say, let's do this and uh, hope that the rest of the team will come along for the ride. Um, But uh, that's not necessarily been certainly the case in my experience and Leanne from what I'm hearing from you and also from you, Laura. So the sense-making role is the next part, that we can have leadership that's very inspired, very visionary, very talking about um, uh, the communicating the potential. But if the team's not coming along, if the culture's not innovating, then there's a disconnect. So let's talk about this sense-making. Um, let's talk about this type of uh, role in the business of healthcare, of translating the vision into, let's say, operational action and uh, incorporating it into the the culture of um, serving clients, patients etc within um, within healthcare um, Laura what's what's sense making for you?
1: Oh I think that's that person that can translate the the big vision into into what the day-to-day exactly what Leanne said the the big vision into what what the day-to-day processes look like um it's the person that knows what what the ground what's happening on the ground what therapy is looking like and but also the person that can um you know talk to talk to upper management or the leadership team and say okay what what needs to happen so that we can keep going on the journey that we're going on um and so that we can improve the way that we work so that we can um improve our processes or or improve our way that we connect with our participants at the end of the day. Um, Because I think, um, and Leanne, I know that you believe in this as well. You know, we all got into this job because we wanted to help people um, and we wanted to help people access the community better or, um, you know, overcome any challenges that are that are impacting their ability to you know live their most independent lives. And I think um, you know, having that sense maker is is, is is a really interesting piece and I think I haven't thought about it as a sense maker but it's definitely the person I think I'm always looking for in, a, in an organisation to help with um, bringing Theratrack in, uh, into the business. At,
0: at a practical level uh, within the, um, the delivery of healthcare services, uh, Leanne, what kind of role title would a sense maker have? um is there just one title is there a number of titles is is it is sense making really a part of job descriptions in a variety of different levels in the organization can you make it a little bit more tangible uh for the uh, the viewers and listeners uh who actually work in healthcare
2: yeah sure it's not an easy role and you do need to have some um miles under your belt i think to take that role on and i think it sits at a minute, middle management level. Um, you, the, the direct supervisor or the team leader that's working with individuals, you know, they might have a ratio of one to eight or one to ten therapists that they're working with. You know, their role is to know where everybody's at at any given time and then they feed information up to a sense maker who's able to synthesise that information into themes and communicate themes up. But I think one of the most important roles for that sense maker, which is why I'm saying, you know, you need to have done some reps to be a great sense maker. One of the most important things is to be able to differentiate fact from feeling, especially when it comes to change. So I will have some people say to me, Oh, no one's going to like that. And I go, fact versus feeling let's like let's unpack that so a really great sense maker probably wouldn't say something like that it'd be much more specific talking about facts versus feelings also understanding that um that feelings can make or break change so you know certainly not trying to discount feelings but really being able to differentiate well is it Eighty percent of the organisation that are going to feel this way, or is it, is it actually just ten percent of the organisation that's going to feel that way? But that ten percent are significant influences. So that that's a really important quality.
0: Yeah, and and the context of middle management, um, that uh, that would probably be more evident in an organisation that has um, an organize, uh, an org chart that. Clearly demonstrates that, um, but when you're dealing with a smaller uh, oh, healthcare practice, what what kind of role is it? The practice manager is it? The business owner is it? A clinical lead?
2: Uh, it really it depends. Um, it could be somebody that's um, in that is involved with a functional group uh, and uh, a number of teams, um, but it is somebody that would. Um, Probably not be in direct contact with the the um, participant facing therapists every day, but um, somebody that has more of a a synthesis role.
0: Yeah, I like that term synthesis. Uh, I think that goes to what you were referring to earlier, uh, Laura, around uh, co-design and co-create, um, which I think are absolutely critical in modern digital health innovation. Um, it's not actually uh, pushing a piece of tech onto a, a team, but actually um, having a team requisition the tech because they they, they have a need, and uh, that uh, innovation is addressed by the actual tech, as opposed to um, being told use some tech but not really understanding why. So, um, uh, for the for the technical agile uh, listeners out there, we call that um, addressing the questions of what do we need to do and why do we need to do it. Um, and you can't answer that question on your own. You have to do it with the people that you serve. So in our case, it's healthcare providers, uh, but a healthcare provider, it's their clients and their workforce, their teams. Laura, what are your, what are your thoughts on that? Um, is, uh, the, um, sense maker addressing those questions?
1: I think so. I think so. Actually, I feel like I was talking to some sense makers yesterday in a in a co design conversation with a clinic. Um, now that I reflect on on the conversation and what you said then about figuring out the the problem and and the why, um, it was something I think I, I I came into the technology world thinking you know everything is solutions based and I know the answer um, to to the thing. I've been working in healthcare for ages and I know the answer. I know exactly what TheraTrack needs to do. Um, and talking to lots of people, their track has definitely evolved. It still has the core um, core idea of helping people do things at home. But the features and what we create next is definitely driven by our end users. Um, and I think yesterday, from what you were saying before, um, just around that who is the sense maker in, in a smaller practice, I think from what I'm seeing, it's it's definitely a mix between if you don't have all of the layers right. So if you've only got therapist a team leader and then the the practice owner which tends to happen in really small clinics it's probably somewhere between that team leader and practice owner that is that sense maker um you know obviously the, the practice owner is the one with the vision but the team leader is maybe a little bit um a stand stand back from from their participants and things like that and then you've got the therapist so it's probably that person that is the sense maker um but again I guess probably, like you said, Leanne, it probably depends on how many reps they have on (laughs) or years or things they have on their belt and things like that. But, um, yeah, it's probably that person, I think.
0: Okay, so I I guess that's another summary point there where we could talk about uh, the person in the business who is making sense of uh, the changes that need to occur and doing a a great job at... um, uh, communicating that and cooperating with various team members that they're working with, so that uh, the resistance is broken down, and uh, and and that that could be sort of subtle changes that are uh, more human oriented. You know, sort of some changes in the way we do things. Uh, but at some point, um, when we make changes in an organisation, uh, relying on manual processes. Uh, inevitably will lead to a um, uh, not not being able to adhere to that um, consistently, which translates to a quality issue. Uh, and um, when you have quality issues in the business, they represent risk um, in a variety of different ways. So that sort of brings us into the idea of systemization and how tech and health tech in particular then really come to the fore and why they are so important at that stage, where, you can encapsulate that culture within the context of the system, especially systems that are co-designed and co-created for uh, the various purposes uh, within healthcare. Um, Is sense-making also part of then looking either at co-designing, for example, working with the Theratrack to co-design some of those workflows and some of those repeatable uh, processes? um or uh going out and finding a product that's actually fit for purpose or a number of products that can be integrated together that actually capture 80% 70% 90% of the way that that particular healthcare business wants to do things is that part of sense making uh land from your point of view
2: that is much more specialized than sense making it's uh, we're in exactly that situation. We've got so many different platforms that um, speak to each other in in different ways because um, we haven't... So we, we provide social model therapy and we do that using interdisciplinary teamwork. So to be able to wrap a team around a participant and for that team to work on shared purpose, shared goals real-time communication, real-time billing. It's um, we've really struggled to um, to because we've needed we haven't been able to find one single thing that, that meets our needs. One of the great things with working with Theratrack was that we, we pretty much work with Laura to completely customize something that was right for us. So the outcome has been really great, but it actually did take a long time. So um, that that's not that's not a criticism. It's just that tech builds take a long time if you're going to customize it. But what? Um, so it really comes back to the scope of: do you want this change to happen quickly, or are you happy for a slow burn to be able to get it right? Um, I think that's one of the key decisions to make at the start because if you are going to customise it and trial it and refine it, um, that you you not only do you need time, but you need real life problem solving options that um, also needs to be driven by tech.
0: And uh, Laura, what's what's your uh, uh, both your clinical and your health tech experience on that?
2: Um, yes, I think
1: that's that's very true. I think it does take time. Um, what's, what's really awesome about obviously working with startups, and I'm t- definitely biased on this, but um, what's definitely awesome about working with startups and, and younger tech companies is obviously there's a lot of ability for us to change and mold and work with organizations to co-design features as we grow. Um, that's one of the things I always talk about is that we're, as long as it's on the same mission and the same vision as, as you know, helping participants do things at home, um, that's one of the things that we love co-designing around because inevitably I, I don't know where everybody works and how everybody works and what every participant situation is, is like. Um, so I think that's really, really important. Um, and yeah, so I, I definitely align with a lot of the things Leanne is, is saying there, and it's been a really fun journey actually co-designing some of the features that we've built with Everyday Independence. Um, yeah, it's, it's, it's been a really awesome journey and a definite eye opener into the different worlds of um, the disability space here in Australia, um, but not just with kids, but with adults um, as well.
0: Yeah, so I I guess that's another summary point there as well, is kind of looking at systemization of a business as not necessarily just subscribing to a piece of software, uh, but thinking about um, how a number of um, pieces of software can coexist and work seamlessly in order to support the way the business is operating today and into the future. Um, And when there's sort of uh, new aspects of the industry, you know, the NDIS is a relatively new scheme, so they're uh, I know there, were, there was a lot of pain in the industry where um, uh, providers under the scheme were trying to retrofit legacy systems to support the way that the NDIS was working. There was a lot of pain with that. So you have to work to some extent with uh, emerging startups in order to be able to get the the new way built into the, uh, the emerging products um, because uh, just statistically legacy products tend to not evolve as quickly as as startup products. Um, But the trade-off is that it takes a little bit of time and effort and cooperation in order to be able to do that. That's an investment, but you ultimately get something that is more fit for purpose for today. Um, But there's a lot of value then in the way that that grows over time, because there's, uh, if you sort of think about that top of the bell curve, most businesses operating in healthcare will do um, some of what you're already doing, so to speak. So as a product evolves over time, it tends to give you the benefits of um, how peers in the industry are operating to some extent because everybody's feeding into that uh, process but it doesn't necessarily guarantee you 100% fit for the way you actually want to run your business and I guess um, overcoming some of that uh, one thing I'd add into the mix I'll be interested in, in your thoughts just before we wrap up today would be the value of um, what i referred to earlier systems integration or perhaps um, what in our industry is known as uh, add-ons and uh, platform integrations where you can have a product like core plus integrate with a product like theratrack and you don't need a cto in your health business to be able to figure that out right um, systems integration is a very specialized role and um, large businesses and enterprises have to invest in roles and teams to be able to think that through Um, and that is a lot of overhead uh, and expense to carry in a business. And given that most of healthcare, uh, particularly in the allied healthcare, are small to medium-sized businesses, uh, that's difficult. And so we have this magnificent um, field of cloud applications that do uh, specialised things in their own right, but then can easily integrate with each other to uh, deal with some of that integration. Uh, Again, doesn't guarantee you a perfect fit, but could get you 80%, 90% of the way there. And then the humans can make a little bit of change, and all of a mm. sudden we're a little bit more optimised. And then that feedback loop comes into it. Um, Liam, what are your thoughts on that? Um, you've you've uh, you've had a lot of experience with systems integration, so tell me tell me where that resonates with you.
2: Systems integration is um, I'm really stretching my swim lane to speak technically about systems integration, but. Um, you, you're absolutely right. I, I, I'm not sure how realistic it is to think that you're going to get there 100%. Um, and if you can start off with a product which can be flexible and agile and add on to, to what you've got, um, I think that that's a good option. The challenge that we've had is just that, you know, ma- making that integration work has, has been really tricky.
0: And uh, Laura, your your comments on that?
2: Um, yeah,
1: I think we've talked at length about this Yanni about integration. But um, I think one of the things that, as a tech company coming into organisations, it's one of the things that I found really crucial is understanding what's already in play in practices, what systems they're already using, um, what the how those systems talk to each other as well, um, and and how how the tech is going to be used in, in the organization, I think, is really important. Um, the reason why we integrate with Core Plus is so that case notes can be saved automatically. Mm-hmm. Um, and the reason why that is, is because therapists told us that their problem was that they were spending too much time writing case notes. And we said, oh, we've got the solution. If we integrate, then we can save some of that time for you. And so I think back to that comment you said earlier, Yani, about, you know, creating Solutions for problems, I think that's really important, but also from an integration perspective, understanding what systems are in place and in play in an organization is really, really important for us, because if we come and we just add another app into people's lives, um, chances are they'll love it and it'll be a novel thing for a little while, but, you know, at the end of the day, in, in a few months' time, they're going, mm, there's too much stuff going on here, and we'll put that back to the side, so um, integrations are really key, understanding how a practice works, what they're using. Um, it's probably one of the first things I always ask practices when we're bringing Theratrack on board is, you know, what, what systems are already in place? How can we talk to those systems? Um, are we already talking to those systems and how can we make that easier for you?
0: Yeah, it's really good advice and I think um, that's great advice for any uh, startup entrepreneurs in the health tech sector as well as to think about... Um, to, to avoid that logical fallacy of thinking you can be all things to everyone, you just simply can't, um, focus on the particular problem or problems that uh, you believe you've got the best answer or solution for and, um, and work with uh, common systems in the industry to integrate and interoperate to um, assist healthcare overcome some of the other challenges such as uh, data privacy breaches and security issues with data going all over the place. Um, which can which can be another uh, webinar in of itself. Uh, I'm sure just talk about that. But um, if I can just summarize, so there were probably three key things that go to the the headline of this uh, web, webinar, which is about overcoming uh, resistance to change in allied healthcare. Um, the leadership uh, to work closely with teams to uh, help communicate and translate and make sense. Out of the objectives and strategies that are desired by uh, the uh, the leadership and to stay on point with mission and purpose Um, that sense making translates into ownership uh, for everybody within the uh, team uh, and that translates into cultural uh, refinements and engagement with the objectives of the organization and where there are unstructured or let's say non-systemized areas that have evolved as part of that cultural innovation, it's to look for systems that can actually seamlessly and neatly fit into the prevailing operational uh, landscape technically, or the you know the technical environment uh, to um lock it in and uh, and let and let that quality roll forward until the next change is needed um laura last word is that a, is that a fair summary anything anything i left out
1: i think that's definitely a fair summary i think um the only thing that i would add on there um is that tech is not scary um and to to have a go i think is is the biggest thing with new new technology and always my pro tip is is have a go at the technology um good luck try and break it if you can but you know, have a go at it and see how it works. Maybe try it on yourself. Try it with a friend before you try it with a client. That's always my pro tip.
0: Yep, uh, consistent with the co-design, co-create. And uh, Lan, um, was that a fair summary? Anything, anything I left out?
2: Oh, it was a fantastic summary. But actually, your final word was the was something that I I wanted to share. It's around real co-design. It's it's definitely an area that we want to get better at. So we have to make sure that we're co-designing with the real experts, and they are the people that are purchasing well, purchasing therapy in in our instance. And we we're really committed to getting a whole lot better at um, at bringing the real experts in right at the start and and truly co-designing uh, this work.
0: Yeah, I'm a, I'm a big fan of the uh, co-design. So. Um- Thank you once again. Really appreciate everybody who's attended today or listening to this. And uh, Laura, thanks for your time. Len, thanks for your time as well and your experience. Uh, really appreciate it. Thanks for listening. This podcast is produced in collaboration with Health Tech X, where we are working toward a world of integrated digital health empowerment for all people. If you'd like more info on how to get involved, head over to the website healthtechx.com.au. Or if you have any feedback about the show, you can reach out to me directly on LinkedIn, Instagram, or email by following the links in this episode's show notes. And finally, don't forget to subscribe to Reimagining Healthcare in your podcast app. And if you like what you heard, leave us a five-star review. It really helps other people find the show. I'm your host, Yanni Sopanos, and I'll speak to you in our next episode.